Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to The Millennial Divide, a podcast about navigating the millennial decade. I'm Amy. I'm back. Yay! Woohoo! I've got a baby <laughs> who's currently lying on me who may or may not stay quiet. This is now the second take we've done to start. We've just had to have a little break, but we're back. So He's doing a good job. Right now, no one move. No one touched anything. So if you can hear in the background a squawk, that will be the baby, or a snore, that will be the staffy who's asleep in the corner. We're currently recording in my lounge room because I can't leave the house anymore. <laughs> You're my Welcome to parenting. <laughs> no, it doesn't. I've got a beautiful little girl, but Lordy, it changes things. So, 37, I think I said that. Yes. Don't know. No, okay. you didn't. That's I'm right. Amy. I said we'll that. remind you. Who else have we got here today? <laughs> I'm Ellen. I'm 33. I'm in the middle and I'm without a baby tonight. So I feel a bit footloose and fancy free. Yeah, we go. Look at you go. go. Yeah, and I'm Claire, usually producer Claire sitting in the background, <laughs> but very happy to be filling in. Yes. And I'm 33, so also in the middle yes. again. Got two so no one on the low end yeah, tonight. No, no one in sick. their 20s. Yeah. I, I do have to admit this is the first podcast I've done with a boob hanging out. So this is exciting for you all. If you get a flash every now and then, just give me a little heads up. I was going to ask what's been the most surprising thing about being like this whole last few weeks that yeah. you thought because you saw it very close hand with my first. Yeah. What what are you like, oh, I really didn't Yeah, the that. boobs out thing. Like I really don't care. You don't care. Do I you? accidentally flashed the osteo today when I turned up to my appointment. Sans bra. Well, it was on. It just was like not over. Over, over yeah. both. Those yeah. little clippies let me down today because I forgot to clip them up. And then when I had to take my jumper off to get on the table, he got a bit of an eyeful. Anyway, probably what made do you his do, date. That was honest. surprising for me too because I remember before I had kids, I'd be like, oh, someone's breastfeeding over there. Don't look at the breast. Now I'm like, oh, yeah, just yes, anywhere. Yeah, yeah. yeah, just get them out. Get them out. <laughs> yeah, it's a means to an end. It is. It is. Yes. Yeah. How times have changed. And they really changed. But we've got heaps to talk about and I promise you we won't be talking about breastfeeding the, the, whole, breastfeeding. Time. the whole time. <laughs> Just part of the time, especially if I have to whip them out halfway through this lovely podcast. So we're going to talk about um, what's on our mind. Elle's going to take us off with a question about friendship and how it changes post-kids. So It'll be an interesting one because I am yet to get out of the house. I don't know whether I still have friends. People are coming to you. A few people are coming. People are coming and it's lovely. Um, but that will be an interesting one. We're going to talk all things married at first sight. So exciting. I... We're going to convince Claire to watch <laughs> it. I have not watched a single so episode excited. so you have to do a lot of convincing. Married at first sight has got me through the first month of newborn. I tell you, it is an absolute gift. So we're going to talk about that. <laughs> 
Ellen is going to talk us through the Medivac legislation. I always seem to get the really tricky the ones. ones. Because you so, do the good research. Yeah, oh, you're very thanks. good at research. You should do bet worse research and then you won't get yeah. them. I really learnt so much from your Royal Commission oh, summary from last week. Glad. We're going to talk recommendations with Grace and Frankie. I have binged on this Me one. Me too. It's a throwback one. It is a throwback, yes. I'm glad you guys threw it back to me oh. because I hadn't, it hadn't passed me by. It is just a joy. And yeah. Claire has a question, mm-hmm. which we're all very excited to hear. As we yes. don't, know, don't know if Claire no. knows what her question is yet, <laughs> but we're excited. I may or may not have thought of one on the car. Yeah. On the car, in the car. <laughs> but it's great. Oh, it's a good one. Awesome. And Elle's going to finish us off with a mantra. It's a goodie. Excellent. So let's kick off while this baby sleeps. Okay, so Elle, what's on your mind? Well, this actually has been on my mind for a couple of weeks. I caught up with an older friend recently who has older kids now, mid, you know, teenagers, and we were chatting about, you know, obviously we just had a baby and um, we are talking about when she didn't have kids but her friends had started to have kids and she said, oh, I found it really difficult because I thought I'd be really into those kids' lives, my friends' kids, but I just wasn't around them that much and I kind of wasn't invited to things with the kids and, you know, that really upset me. And it really got me thinking because I thought, oh, I do that to some friends. There's some friends that um, ask about my kids and I know, you know, want to spend time with them and talk about them. And this is these are friends without kids. Friends with kids, sorry, they're always coming along. I'm going to talk to you about them because I think you know, that's the common link. But friends without kids, I've got friends that I I have made the judgment, oh, you want, you're okay if my kids come and we have a meet-up in a park and we grab a coffee and you're happy to talk about my kids. And I've got friends that I've made the judgment of, oh, do you know what, I don't know if you're as kid-friendly, which is totally fine because sometimes I'm not kid-friendly and it's nice to definitely talk about other things. But um, I don't bring the kids along to those catch-ups. I make sure that they're coffees or that they're lunches or, you know, that kind of thing. And I was kind of wondering that, well, maybe those friends actually do want to hang out with the kids and I've just kind of assumed that they don't. And maybe the friends that do I do bring the kids to, they don't want to hang out with my kids <laughs> and I've assumed that they do because they ask me questions about them and they seem interested. So I just thought it was an interesting thing that um, who makes this judgment about, you know, whether it's kid-friendly, I guess. Yeah. It's a really tough one, isn't it, though? Yeah. Because I do think sometimes you can sense when there are some friends who are just not kid people. Yeah. And they they can kind of find it a bit of like they try their hardest but you know that it's not where they want to be. Yeah. With like, And it is intense. I remember back in the day before you have kids going to someone's house with kids and oh. going – this is it's full. really and annoying. It's not yeah, fun. You can't have a conversation. Yeah, you can't have a conversation. Yeah, exactly. It's, you know, you're talking about nappies, breastfeeding, you know, all the yeah. things we yeah. were just covering. And you're like, well, I can't add anything to this, so it's actually quite boring yeah, to me. Exactly. Um, yeah, so I, I agree. Before kids, I was like, uh, and I'm a primary teacher. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But I think it's also that the kind of conversation that you can have without kids as opposed to with kids around is different So too. much better. I know yeah. we had a catch-up, Tonts and I, 
couple of weeks ago and I think an hour and a half flew by and we're like, oh, my God, we have covered everything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it was just – and not that we, we don't stop. love being around our kids. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> kids. Exactly. But you can't have a full-on conversation at all. No, no, exactly. And so I do think that there's, yeah, something in that for you as well, having meetups with friends without your kids. Yeah. But then it's interesting though because maybe there are friends that we make that assumption of. Yeah, and I – and I also want to stress I'm not saying that that's a bad thing mm. and I would actually feel fine if somebody said, oh, do you mind if we don't and we just have it just you and me? I'd love to just really catch up on how you're going. Yes, please. Yes. <laughs> yes. That would be great. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I just thought it was this judgment call that we're making and assuming on people that I thought was interesting. Oh. Ames, have you had to make any judgment calls yet? <laughs> Uh, I mean, baby comes with me at yeah. the moment. Yeah, oh, of course, no, attached. There's no deal. Deal. <laughs> yeah, there's, it's a package deal. It's interesting because um, I've actually, I think Dim was the one who I told a couple of weeks ago where I have more love in my heart since having a baby, but mm. I've got a lot more hate <laughs> as well. Like <laughs> the list of people I hate has grown <laughs> exponentially. Um, I thought you were just about to be like, I just love everybody and I love the world. Oh, yeah, I love, like I do. My heart has exploded with love for my newborn and for people who bring me food. Like there are amazing people in the world. Also, there are some absolute effers out there and I will hunt them down. And like I actually got home the other day and said to my husband, if the neighbour's dead at the end, like you're just going to have to turn me in. Just turn me over because I'm going to kill him. Um, you took my car spot. Anyway, oh, with, oh, a we've, newborn, we've had time, with a newborn. Yeah. No. We've had time sitting in the front where we've heard things out on the street and my husband and I are about ready to go out and kill someone because you're like, we just got the baby down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh yeah, the, the yeah. hate is. Hell hath no fury <laughs> yeah. like a parent who has not slept and yeah. finally got their baby no. down and someone makes any kind of noise. Yeah. I remember once at our house going and just ripping a new one into this guy who had a whippersniffer. That's <laughs> the worst. It's so late. It was 7 p.m. I'm like, what are you doing? I really yeah. got so bad. He got so terrified. He turned the whole thing off and packed it away. <laughs> I can tell you, I've, I've, I've got so many wars going on. I can't keep up. Maybe you've also got time. I've got time. At home. Yeah, and I've got a new yeah. surname that I can use. So I'm doing it all under this new surname. Got an alias. Yes, so that I could just, I said to my husband, I hope you don't mind, but I'm only using it for my like rogue activity. (laughs) So, yeah. Anyway, you'll Google it if you want to see some rogue behavior. But um, I can't remember. It was about friends. Friendship. Yeah. Yeah. What has annoyed me, um, you know, this hate thing is that I feel like. And this is kind of maybe going off point a little bit, but I feel like I've been welcomed into a new club of parents. Yeah. There's a clique, definitely. Yeah, Mm. and people have become a lot friendlier to us where previously Mm. they weren't so Mm. friendly and people, some some people, not all, but some people speak to us differently or include us Mm. in things differently. And I always felt like that was a thing um, mm. before we had kids and that used to bug me. But mm. now it's just being validated that it is. Yeah, and it's it, like not your imagination. No, it's actually it happening. It actually yeah. is the way. You were actually being a bit excluded yeah. before and now yeah. you're welcome. And now yeah. just because we have, a, you know, a pram, they don't even know if there's a baby in it <laughs> half the time, but we can join the club. You just have your shopping. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or a cat. 
<laughs> Round here, you yeah. could. Yeah. I <laughs> know yeah. oh, there is a one of our neighbors is a cat prime. Anyway, um, but it just really disappoints me yeah. about humanity. And also it just annoys me because I'm now an older mum. Mm. And so I've got a whole life of non adult, you know, adult non kid life. Mm. And now I'm sort of in the kid phase. And I just feel a bit sort of sad that that mm. is the case. And I, I really think people should be a bit more open about the kid thing and actually yeah. just ask you, you know, because yeah. I loved being around friends yeah. with kids and I yeah. loved being a part of my close friends' kids' worlds and I would have been really sad to not be included in, yeah. in those. Yeah. Um, and I think sometimes people just make assumptions. Now, equally I've got friends who just don't want a bar of it and they've said yeah. that and yeah. that's fine. Mm. I'm happy to go out with them and have a, you know, a cocktail and have a great time. But, yeah, yeah it's just um, yeah. It's, been a, it's been an eye-opener. I yeah. think that's the key. I think asking and saying, hey, would you like me to bring them along or do you want to meet separately? And then they can decide what they want to mm. do and either way you're not offended because it's fine, whatever. Mm. Yeah, I think asking is probably a good, yeah. a good way to do it. Yeah, not making assumptions. Yeah. yeah, I think the not making assumptions thing. Mm. <laughs> okay, so this is my favourite topic for the whole year, I reckon. Well, it's only... We're into February, <laughs> but it's still my favourite topic ever. Married at first. It's maybe even more than Meghan Markle and I did oh want to talk God. about Meghan Oh, my Markle. God, I so want to talk about George Meghan Markle. George Clooney saying oh, the parallel with Diana. Oh, I saw the headline and I didn't read the yeah. article. But oh. all the letters between oh, her dad and letters. her. Oh, I could go on about Meghan I Markle. I know. And I also know. the fact that I was looking at the Kensington Palace Instagram page today and every comment about her is just so It's horrible. horrible. Yes, there's is a, it really? Oh, yeah, she's, she's had really horrible. getting trolled. Yeah, like geez. I've almost never seen. I know. I Why? Really feel is that over the staffing changes or something? Oh, just That's everything. I've seen everything. Everything. Yeah. She gets everything thrown yeah. at her. Yeah. It's racist. It's sexist. It's. Yeah. Ugh, it's awful. But we're not talking about we're Meghan Markle. No. Meghan Markle. <laughs> my, my other favourite <laughs> topic. That's Amy's favourite topic I of all love time. It. All right. Now I've got a new favourite topic. Married at first sight. 2019. Oh, my goodness. What? So what's the premise of, okay, so of the show? For Claire. For Claire. Who, for Claire. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and somehow has avoided this. How? how? I know. What have I been doing with my life, guys? Living it probably. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's what I feel. I'm judging you both. Yeah. I'm judging I'm 90% of the population of Australia. I'm totally happy to be judged I used to, I used to be. I used to judge people as well and then I was. I got on board and I'm so on board. But I Clementine say, Ford watches Married at First Sight. So I feel... Okay, so she's like the most strident feminist yes. in Australia, <laughs> really. And she's she got it on watches it. Oh, guys, yeah. what have I been doing? Yeah. Okay, yeah, fill me in. Out. Okay, so Channel 9 runs a show, Married at First Sight. It began in 2015. Mm-hmm. The premise is the ex, there are three experts. <laughs> Which I just love. One is a, like, one's a clinical psychologist, yeah, um, John Aiken, who's been a clinical psych for 25 years. Then there's a neuropsychotherapist, Trisha, what's her surname, Trisha Stratford, and then a relationship expert, Melanie Schilling. And those three experts get together in their laboratory, which I just love. Did you see the B-roll? She wore a lab <laughs> Dr. <laughs> Trisha uh, Stratford wore and, a lab and coat. And did you see what the test was? She was giving him T-shirts to smell. To smell which they had to <laughs> do the in, a labra- in a lab. That is disgusting. Well, or like, something. B.O. Or yeah. That is gross. Oh, yeah. my God. So it's all very scientific. Um, anyway, so they get perfect strangers 
and they perform all these tests and then science dictates that these people will fall madly in love. So instead of putting them together and seeing if they like each other, they just go, look, let's just throw them in and we'll marry them off. Now, in other countries, they actually get married. In our country, no. <laughs> We've got a few laws that prohibit that. So what they do is they basically... They do actually, oh, sorry, I just... That blew past me. They actually get married in other countries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really? Because yeah, I just thought some, the married the was just everyone no. was like wink, wink, married. Because no. they do – I've seen the ads. Oh. So they do a ceremony. Yeah, like, yeah. They oh, have like so a commitment ceremony. Yeah. It looks like a wedding. Yeah. All their friends and family are yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's usually relatives in the background all giving each other eyes. Being yes. Like, this is the craziest thing we've been yeah. to in a long time. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and an angry brother. There's always yeah, there's an angry there's brother. There's always an angry brother. Yeah, okay. I've seen the shorts. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So that, that's the trope that sort yeah. of runs. Um, they have a, a wedding and that's the first time they meet mm. and then they um, go on a honeymoon and then after they've been on the honeymoon they come back and they do what's called a commitment ceremony where they have to decide do they want to stay together. Now both people have to say... This is my favourite oh, part. This is like the jail part. So you both have to say stay or you both have to say leave. Or if one says... Sorry, if one says stay and one says leave, they stay Which automatically. Is the best. Oh, my God. So if you're, yes. if you're with your husband and your husband says, I want to leave, but you say stay... You have to stay for a week and live <laughs> together. Hubby, yeah. That is te- Guys, okay, this is just ridiculous. Oh, it gets so much worse. It. it gets worse. So all of these couples, so we're into the however many seasons, we we're into the fourth year of this show. And so last night, so now they're all, they're all in the thick of it. They've all agreed, some more than others have agreed <laughs> to stay together. And so now they move in together and they have to live together. Um, so they basically fast track a relationship yeah. throughout this time. Now, I think over the years maybe there have been a few matches that have worked out. Yeah, there's one that's just had a baby recently, I think, from a couple of years ago. Okay. I don't know. There was a bit of cross-matching over the the married couples last year and I think one couple is maybe still together. Yeah. And I started this season because I got really into last season. I started this season a bit like, well, ho-hum. And now I am hooked again. It just reels me in. I mean, this season, it's I think so it's good. farcical because it's like <laughs> what you mean. Reality TV well, is not. You know, but isn't it scripted? Isn't it all just full of people who want to get their face on but television? It's, come, it's got to extraordinary lengths. Like, for example, you would think so. They've got this virgin. Okay, this guy who says he's a virgin. Twenty-nine so, year old. Twenty-nine year old virgin. virgin. So what do they do? They put him with like this. Sex crazed ex lesbian swinger, like of all people to put the virgin with. Do you think that's likely to have long lasting love? But no, off they go. Then they put a clearly a woman who could only be described as a psychopath, awful nutter called Innes. She's sure. I, I she don't has know to, how she, she has must be, be putting it on, on yeah. because it's to have that lack of self awareness. She is for yourself. Yeah, she is unusual. Yes, and she has a real. She hates strippers. What do they do? Find her an ex stripper. Like, of course they do because it's a show. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Who seems? Who aside from one little faux pas of dropping the C bomb against her, which you know, question mark probably yeah. is. Not a bad he had description been of her. Abuse for not that that's okay. No, it's never but okay. It's never okay. Word um, to use that word. 
But to use some form of expletive, I can imagine he was very frustrated and she had been saying really abusive stuff to him all week. Yeah. Not that that's okay. But <laughs> caveat, <laughs> caveat, caveat. But just even for their standards, you know, these so-called experts, I'm like, come on, guys. Surely you could have found, you know, these people are clearly completely not compatible. They no. are the worst. Yeah. There's a couple of good partners in there, I think, that will keep going. Possibly, um, yeah. The red-headed girl, I've forgotten her name. Cam and Jules. Yes, they I seem like, like they're a good couple. They don't focus on it. them a lot, I think, because they're pretty stable. Yes. <laughs> and there's so basically, Tons, it's just an absolute train wreck now. So it started off and there are a few couples who kind of maybe might work out. Yeah. Now it's down to basically there's one yeah. who might work okay. out. Okay, why... Do you love it? Because this sounds horrendous. Isn't it just judging people on television? Uh, It's just the drama. And what I like about this season, which I don't think they've done previously, is they used to go home to their own houses. So you'd have like some people in Sydney, some people in Perth. This season they're living, in inverted commas, in a hotel room, like in a hotel all together so they can go visit other people, which is primarily I can see so that they can like wife swap and husband swap because that's exactly what's happening. They're texting. There's Ines is texting one of the other husbands and he's like, hey, want to catch up? Who's equally a dick. Like these people are awful. How they found this group of horrible narcissists, I don't know. But it is so – it's got to the point where now even I have reached my limit where last (laughs) – most recent – Episode. I'm like, she's saying a lot. Yeah, I was yeah. Gonna say, that's because a, I've got a very low threshold of what I watch at this point in time in my yeah. life, but it actually has completely crossed over to now emotional abuse for a number. Yeah, of couples. I think so too. And this whole premise of the stay or leave. So mm. if someone says they're going to stay, but the other person says leave, they have to stay. All it does is just condone this terrible, toxic relationship. So. Yeah. In the, there is one example, which is the one we've alluded to earlier with this woman called Innes, who uh, I'm yet to see a redeeming quality of this woman. Yeah. She is awful. It's a point where you have to think, is she putting it on? She and she's be, yeah. just being so horrendous to this poor ex-stripper, Bronson. Bronson. And so now, because they're being so hideous to each other, the experts have stepped in and said, right, you guys are needing counselling. Mm. But I then went and did a deep dive into emotional abuse mm. and looked at what the definitions are emotional abuse. Mm. Let me read a couple out mm. to you. Constant criticism or attempts to manipulate and control, shaming and blaming with hostile sarcasm or outright ber- verbal assault, mm. the use of shaming and belittling language, name-calling, withholding affection, punishment and threats of punishment, refusal to accept their part in the dynamic, mind games mm. such as gaslighting, refusing to communicate at all or isolating them. Yeah, she's doing all of them. All ten. And also he's reacting because he's saying the reason he said he wanted to stay, she said she wanted to leave, he said, oh, because I see moments of good things. She's a Jekyll and Hyde and when it's bad, it's bad, but when I can see moments of her being good, which from my reading is kind of classic, you know. Stockholm syndrome? Stockholm, yeah. Yeah, it's abuse. It's abusive And I do wonder if this was a guy on TV saying Mm. the things to a woman I think the reaction from the public wouldn't be laughter, it, which it is at the moment, going, oh, my God, she's ridiculous. It would be 
get this guy off the TV. So I think it's a totally different um, reaction at the moment because mm. I just can't imagine that a guy would get away with saying things that no, she's No, I mean the tide is definitely turning. There was an article in news.com today that talked about how actually it's the public who are starting to call this out as um, terrible behaviour because mm. there was a, a change.org petition um, that was calling for Mel Schilling, who was the relationship mm. expert, who um, basically said to Bronson, look, mm. you can't use that language yeah. and blah, yeah. blah, which was appropriate to yeah. say, um, calling for her to step down because mm. she didn't acknowledge the terrible behaviour yeah, by on, Innes. Yeah. And her point was, well, I didn't see it. That she, mm. you know, That all happened during the honeymoon and so yeah. forth. But the argument on news.com was even these experts aren't regulating this. It's no. the public who are yeah. saying this is toxic, Gone too far, yeah. this is abusive and completely yeah. inappropriate. And I just thought, I mean... When I so I've been watching a bit on catch up, and they've now put a warning into oh, some of it. Good, but I did think there almost needs to come with like a white ribbon or a respect yeah. or a you know a, a hotline that you can call because yeah. they're modelling terrible behaviour. Absolutely, and it's not even um, just a bit you know dysfunctional. It is it is abuse yeah. and toxic. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Will you keep watching? Yes. <laughs> Because it's great television. <laughs> I love it so much. <laughs> Although it does stress me out a little bit. Yeah. Like last, you know, the mm. recent episodes have stressed me out a little bit, but yeah. I'll keep watching. Well, I've got to see if Innes and Sam hook up. I know. They probably will. You, we record they're going to drag it. No, they're going to drag this out, the producers. Oh, They've yeah, just started texting. Be. There was a hand on a knee. They're going to, this is going to be the whole And these rumours of intruders coming. <gasps> yeah, so that'll be. <laughs> That'll be awesome. Okay, I have to say something. As someone from the outside, because I have been very, very committed to particular reality TV shows and so into it that it's ridiculous and I cannot wait to get home to watch it and you get really so invested in all of it. But it's so interesting to watch all the people in my life, including you two. Now I feel like I'm schooling you. Intelligent, feminist, strident women who like do amazing things professionally and know a lot about the world and everything. Just so obsessed. And like and you know you're being manipulated by the producers and you know they're all just cast for with particular mental health issues. Oh, I know. They've all got really Real deep problems, like yeah. there is yeah. some trauma yeah. there. There really yeah. is, yeah. And they've they've alluded to that, and you kind of like you should not be on a reality no. show. No. You need to be getting some actual and, help, exactly. Yeah. And this is the thing. All jokes aside, because I have been as guilty as the next person. Big Brother for a few yeah. years was I was just in deep in there, and The Bachelor. Don't even yeah. get me started. But it, do we have a responsibility as a society to not? be laughing at people with yeah. these kind of mental health issues and putting them on our screens. And I know they sign off mm. and I know that they give permission, but if you've got mental health issues to this point, mm. are, are they being cared for? Like is this yeah. something that in the end when they finish the show, are they going to be better off for? Yeah. Are there people to follow up? Because I know there was an ex-bachelorette who talked about how after the show she got very little support from um, Channel 10 yeah. for her kind of mental health issues and the things that happened during the show. So I just I, – to me yeah, – what, What's yeah. the duty of care? Yeah, and that's what we exactly. spoke about previously yeah. in reality TV show and mental health. I think health. we all agree mm-hmm. that the- theoretically it's really important but um, the actual reality is that it just makes such great TV. <laughs> yeah. and, and it's had the 
biggest rating. Has it? Yeah. Every, yeah. Everyone's talking about it. Everyone's watching I mean, it. we um, have reposted a couple of times on Instagram a fantastic Insta feed, which if you're into maths, get on board. It's called Maths Funny, yeah. M-A-F's Funny. And it is pretty And funny. it is a great parody. So, you know, they've actually launched hashtag justice for Libby. For Lizzie, and she's the one where oh, one of her husband was, yeah, her mm. husband Sam was off trying to hook up with the bad woman in us. Mm. So you know there is a bit of help, you know, public support there for <laughs> poor Lizzie. So maybe we can get a movement happening. Okay, excellent. It sounds there you good. Go. For yeah, it's fine. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> okay, Elsa. So on to a more serious note now. Um, there was a significant piece of legislation that passed today or went through the House of Reps today around Medivac and um, the way that we treat refugees who are currently sitting on Manus Island um, and, and Nauru, and Nauru in, into their medical, into the type of medical treatment they receive. So talk us through what's happened today. So this is a very, very complex issue because it actually goes into quite deep constitutional law, which we are obviously not experts in. So um, I'll just give you a very kind of brief outline. Uh, John Edwards from the Médecins Sans Frontières, Mm. um, I need him here to do the French, uh, said that what has previously been happening on Nauru and Manus Island is that a lot of um, medical referrals have been coming about through legal action, which is, you know, a great way to get medical attention. Yeah, I mean, I love seeing my lawyer before I see my doctor. Exactly. (laughs) It's perfect. Yeah. And the problem with that is that it has meant that people haven't been receiving timely um, medical attention to come back to Australia for particularly psychiatric problems. And what they, Medicine Sans Frontier, were kind of saying was that the access to medical care shouldn't discriminate based on other aspects of character. So prisoners receive medical care if you've come via other means to Australia, you should also receive medical care. So what's happened today, and it's been quite um, historical, is that changes have been made to the Migration Act and a bill has gone through that has gone against the government's position on medical evacuations for refugees. And this is the first time since 1941 that a government has lost a vote on its own legislation in the lower house. Um, Labor teamed up with one of the Greens members and five crossbenchers, so they're the independents of a political party. Including Darren Hinch, In right? I know. Amazing. Good on Darren Hinch. Um, to pass this in the House of Reps and then today it passed the Senate, 36 to 34 votes. So it was quite historic to have such a bipartisan approach to uh, make sure that this was able to go through. And what they're saying, Scott Morrison, the Prime Minister, is now saying that Christmas Island will be reopened in order to process these people. So it's quite complex. So the bill will allow people, there's a 1,000 men on Manus Island and Nauru at the moment, and it will allow them that if two doctors say, give approval that they need to be evacuated, I'm assuming that they will go to Christmas Island for medical um, evacuation. And it does not mean that they get a visa it means that they will still be in detention, but they are able to see doctors to get. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. 
That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Plushcare.com slash weightloss. So it's a humanitarian approach to deal with Mm. a medical issue. It's interesting because it feels very much like um, when John Howard was in a bit of a pickle in, I think it was around 96, and he pulled then that was pre an election Mm. and he had the children overboard Mm. scandal with Tampa. So basically they had this boat that came in um, full of refugees and the government claimed that um, the parents were throwing their children Mm. overboard in order to get seek asylum. And that completely changed the shape of the election. And it feels very much like a similar um, approach is being taken by Scott Morrison. He's Um, said this is part of Operation Sovereign Borders. Mm. He has said that this is going to open the floodgates Mm. of boats. There's a lot of rhetoric happening. Heaps. Mm. And, I mean, the ABC Tonight said that um, the risk is that Bill Shorten will be blamed for every boat arrival. Mm. And you'd be thinking that there'd be a number of um, Liberal senators and uh, ministers probably walking the streets of... Indonesia trying to get people to go on boats <laughs> no. at this point to make their point that this yeah. is going to have lead to an but influx. There was an amendment that was put in which was to offset those arguments that this could lead to, you know, all you I think one of the quotes was all you have to do is go come from Indonesia, go on a boat, get sick, and then you're in Australia. They've put an amendment in saying that this new policy only applies to those currently on Manus Island and Nauru. So it's not any new arrivals. It's just for the thousand men that are sitting there and have having a lot of issues because they are living in appalling conditions and a lot of psychiatric issues. They've got um, no knowledge of when they're time's mm. going to be up there, that so that leads to a lot of uh, mental health issues as but well. But if you're going to play devil's advocate here, and I'm no by no means going to support any argument that says this is going to increase um, arrivals by boat because I think if you're desperate, you're desperate, you'll do what you mm. want to do. But I don't think anyone's – we can't even understand the legislation. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't think any poor person who's seeking refuge is, or asylum is going to be looking at the fine print to go, mm. oh, <laughs> it's only uh, – Bob, don't get on the boat. It's, you know, I know you've got your cataracts. But, like, that's not going to happen. Yeah. Um, I think it's a it, – and also it sort of defeats the humanitarian purpose of, well, so what are you going to do? If someone arrives and they're in desperate medical need of mm, yeah. the support. You're not going to give it to them? Is mm. that they're going to be mm. put yeah. aside? And the minister, the Home Affairs Minister, still has discretionary right to um, have the final say on evacuations. So they can still refuse some evacuations if they don't think it's genuine, but mm. then it will go to a committee and then they will decide of medical experts saying, yes, no, this is genuine and they need to go. So there's a lot of steps in place before just going, oh, yeah, you look kind of sick, you can come to Australia. Yeah. Um, what I have been trying to wrap my head around recently, which I think I feel very woke with it, very <laughs> personal growth, is I was listening to Dak Shepherd's podcast because I just love it and he had this fantastic academic on called Jonathan Haidt and among you have to go listen to it because it just blows your mind. Mm. This is armchair expert. Armchair expert, yeah, it's a great one. But he was taught and it's spelt H-A-I-D-T, Haidt, but it's pronounced Haidt. He was talking about how there's five original foundations of morality and what he's found in his research is that the left and the right all agree on these foundations of morality, but they just have a different weighting. 
So he says that there's care versus harm, fairness versus cheating, in-group loyalty versus betrayal, authority versus subversions and sanctity versus degradation. And he found that the left, people who think very, you know, leftist as mm. You know, we probably lean towards. They score very high on the care foundation and the fairness, but fairness is focused on equality, that everyone gets equality. So I guess that's where this bill's kind of coming from. The right score very high on all the foundations and their view of fairness is more proportionality, do the crime, do the time. So they actually do believe in fairness but it's about... It's just a different slant sort on it. Sort of an eye for an eye. Yeah, and I kind of have been trying to keep that in place because I don't think the Liberals are inherently evil, you no, know. No, I know wonderful no. people who support the Liberals and they're great yeah. friends. But I think, you know, it's just what – how do you hold these moral values and what mm. do you see as most important for you and the people that you represent? I think we need to keep that in mind and that's what these conversations are about in Parliament to but debate how, it. But how does that relate to – so if you put if you put that on top of this issue, how does that relate? Do you think it um, the Liberal Party just think well, the end justifies the means? Yeah, I think they're taking in everything. They're taking in sanctity. They're taking in authority. They're saying if we break these rules, everybody will. Yeah. I think they're looking at the all greater of those, good, the, the moral you know foundations of all of it. Whereas, um, you know. I like to think my focus is on fairness and care. They're my things. If that overrides authority, well, to me that makes sense. Mm. Um, but according to Jonathan Haidt, not me, an academic, um, that's probably what the Liberals are thinking more. So not saying it's right and I think this bill yeah. is brilliant and it should get passed but mm. just as a way of thinking more just rather than just going, oh, they're all evil. No, they're not. Yeah, They've just yeah. got different moral values and the weighting of it's different. Do you think so that under... The undercurrent, like what Amy was saying before, is also about political gain too. Yeah. And John Howard was able to leverage the refugee situation for his own political end mm -hmm. and that both sides, Labor, the Greens, mm. no, they'll, do it. Mm. they'll, oh, yeah, they'll all do what they think will speak to their base mm. to get whatever past they need to get past. And I think that's key because... Previously, maybe this legislation couldn't have got through, but they're listening to their base now and mm. people, the Australian people are saying, is this fair that these people thousand are people... are being treated in this way. People are being treated. This is not humanitarian. So I like to think that maybe the tide's turning a little bit and they're going, mm. hmm, Australians are very caring people as a whole yeah. and we're seeing that this is an injustice and it needs to be changed and our... Governments, well, not our government, our politicians actually mm. listening to and us. It, maybe. it also speaks to the power of the independent because absolutely the bill was um, put forward by Karen Phelps, mm. if I understand correctly. So you know she was the first; she's one of the new breed of independents who's coming through. Um, she took Turnbull's seat, um, and so it is this change that's mm. happening now, where grassroots. Mm. Um, activism is mm. having a, a national stage. Mm. And if you look at the fight that Tony Abbott will have with mm. his seat and there might be an independent who takes his seat and there's a number of others, suddenly the politicians in the major parties are going to have to listen to these mm. um, key social issues which are going to then shape the, the broader community. Mm. And that's a big shift. We mm. haven't seen that really happen before. The independents have not had that power. Well, mm. I heard Adam Bant 
from the Greens saying that, oh, this means that we might be able to get some more climate change policy. So mm. they're going, great, you know. Yeah. This yeah. might be the Gloves way of the off. future. Yeah. Gloves are yeah. off. There's an election coming. I, I think people are seeking moral fibre. Yeah. From yeah. their politicians yeah. and and sensible guidance mm. from the centre. So, you know, whether you're extreme right or extreme left, mm. I think the majority of people are in the centre somewhere leaning yep. one way or the other. And like what is happening, it's a humanitarian crisis mm. in the mm. refugee um, well, refugees globally, we've never had this many refugees globally mm-hmm. ever in human history. Yeah. Um, and the way that we're treating them in Australia is appalling in my yeah. opinion. Mm. Yeah. Um, I had a very good friend who was a teacher um, on Nauru and the stories that she told me coming from there, from the way that the children were treated while they were mm. there um, and the suppression from the government mm. is mm. what I think is creating such an emotive issue yeah. mm. and I can see it absolutely mm. from the other side mm. and from a standpoint of not wanting more deaths at sea mm. and, you know, wanting to protect our borders but I also think that we have a responsibility to to give a level of care. And, yeah, so, I mean, there's a lot of – there's refugees that are now writing um, books from within mm. the, the islands um, to try and explain what it's like. Bachani, did you see um, – there's a novel that's come out. Yeah, it um, just won the Victorian it, Literary Award, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, it did, yeah. yeah. And it was written in text messages. Oh, oh was wow. it? Yeah, yeah, because that's the oh. only way that he could get anything out from oh. within the walls. So oh, it's just it's horrendous. It, the, the, the way I, yeah, and that's what gives me heart that this is such a wonderful step forward. It's a small step, yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know, um, to treat people humanely, but I think it's showing that people are really thinking with their heart a little bit more and hopefully this will continue and we will be able to see a lot kinder approach to people because it has been apparent what's been happening Mm. and I think it's a really fantastic win for, you know, treating people humanely. Yeah, I absolutely do. And I think if, if you want another perspective on it, reading his memoir, No Friend But The Mountains, by Barrett's Bachani is such, yeah, it's an important piece of work. Mm. And I think trying to understand from a refugee's perspective, mm. um, losing your homeland for no fault of your own and then being completely at the mercy of government systems mm. that are so complex. Mm. Anyway, we could go on about this for a long time. <laughs> no, but it's great. It's, yeah, it's a good right? recommendation. Yeah. So mm. we'll um, put those up on the show notes at the end, the mm. link for um, that book because it really is – you know, that this is the um, humanising that's mm. putting a face to this issue. Yeah. So it's a great, yeah, exactly. great one to look at. Mm. Okay, so we'll line it up and we'll be super quick because we are dragging our heels. <laughs> but I've got to talk about Grace and Frankie because recommendation time. Oh, I know we're late to the party here, but Grace and Frankie's on Netflix. We're up to season five already mm. and they've just announced a season six. It, I, it's one of these shows that always pops up on Netflix um, mm. when it says it's trending now or suggestions like. for you. Yeah. 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 And I always look at it and go, oh, two old ladies. I thought the same thing. That's an old yep. person Jane show. Jane Fonda. Yeah. yeah she's, she's great. But yeah. yeah. Not interested. So it's basically um, starring Jane Fonda, Lily Tomlin, Sam Waterston and Martin Sheen um, and special appearances by Ethan Embry. I who love <laughs> You do love Ethan Embry. I'd forgotten about this actually. Ethan Embry was was going to be my husband. I (laughs) 
Loved him. So he was my biggest crush from Empire Records. Yep. Can't hardly wait. That thing you do. He was peak 15, 16 and I was I'd in forgotten love about with Ethan Emery. I am so excited. <laughs> I didn't even know. Yeah. I turned around and go, there's Ethan Emery. And it's oh. so funny because Ethan Emery plays the same character in every, every show. Bumbling, gorgeous idiot. He is adorable though. He's adorable. And, very, and quite He's funny. a bit adorable. I love yeah. him. Yeah. Yes, and Brooklyn Decker's in it too. She's no. Andy Ruddick's yeah. wife. Oh, is that who yeah. she is? She's she was fabulous. A yeah, she's fabulous. Yeah. She's one of the daughters, Mallory. Yeah. Yep. So the premise is basically Jane Fonda and Lily Tomlin are married to Sam Waterston and Martin Sheen. And it all blows up in their faces when Sam Waterston and Martin Sheen decide that they actually are in love in their 70s and they've been in love for the last 20 years and that they have to leave their respective wives um, of Jane Fonda and Lily Tomlin to go off and marry each other. And so it comes to be that Jane Fonda and Lily Tomlin, Grace and Frankie, end up living together. And it's the story of how they get through the marriage debacle and then navigate and they're very different personalities. They've got four kids between them and it's the story of how all the families kind of integrate and work. And as I said, it was not a show that I thought would be for me, but when you go and spend long periods of time in front of television um, with a newborn, you will watch anything. Yes, as we watched Yummy Mummies, well, half an episode because we had to yes. get up on it. we are not recommending Yummy Mummies. Do not recommend <laughs> Yummy Mummies. Do not watch that Shockingly. show. Shockingly. No. And we watch Married at First Sight. So that yeah. Is oh, yeah, we've got a low bar. <laughs> Grace and Frankie though, I have you. Love. So you've watched oh, it? I adore it. I adore so it. So funny. What it's makes so you like funny. it? Oh, look, I love I love the chemistry. Yes. <laughs> I love the chemistry between Grace and Frankie. Grace is Jane yeah. Fonda's character and yeah. she's just so martini drinking, corporate, uh, yeah. brittle, yeah. very sharp, witted yeah. Yeah. Um, and super Acerbic. funny yeah. and also gorgeous. Her yes. clothes oh, and where she presents stunning. herself is so gorgeous and she's this businesswoman yeah. that's really strident but not at all in touch with her own emotions <laughs> yeah. or any kind of ability to have empathy. Or fun. Or, yeah, or fun. She's just so uptight. And then Frankie's character is just divine. Like she's just this Artist, hilarious, drug kind of taking. Yeah, exactly. Just <laughs> like so hippy funny. dippy. Yeah. Like, just I love the way she's obsessed with food and her yeah. kind of like yeah. wit is just so funny. And the yeah. way she just puts up or like is just so loopy. And yeah. then Grace kind of fires at her, but then she also fires back at yeah. Grace. But they also love each other and yeah. there's a real heart to it. Yeah, oh, there is a heart. heart. They really care for each other yeah. too. It was created by Marta Kaufman, yes. who people might remember from Friends. I did have that recognition. <gasps> yeah. yeah. So this is the first show, TV show she's wow. done since Friends. And I read an um, interview with her and she wanted um, – she wanted to be on cable or Netflix mm. because that gave her a full 30 minutes mm. and she said she wanted to create a show with heart mm. because you can't do that in 21 minutes mm. um, in a with a bit of comedy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, kind of style. But yeah. I just – I love this for a number of reasons. One, it's showing older women in a really lovely, funny light. Yeah. They're not – the side story, they are the story. Yeah. The kids are the side story, which exactly. I think is a nice reversal. I love that these two older men kiss and hug mm. and are affectionate on TV and I think it's just such that's actually a beautiful relationship as well and there's mm. all that kind of discussion around it and 
um, why they had to keep it hidden and all of yeah, that. Yeah, beautiful. Um, and I love this, the children as well that they're, you know, trying to navigate this with their parents and their own relationships and where they are in their 30s and with kids and not kids and all of that. So I think yeah. there's lots of layers to it, which is great. Exactly. And I also love that they can be sexy too, which yes. I know sounds strange. Yes. But I think both of them have got this real sex yeah, appeal they do. and they're kind of, you really going for them yeah. in that this sounds real weird but you know what I mean like you really like um barracking for their yeah. relationships yeah. to get together and then they're kind of flirting and they're yeah. out there and they're the ones like I don't know Jane Fonda's character is like often quite drunk and doing mm. something ridiculous mm. and yeah. sleeping with the wrong person or like yeah. sneaking out of the house and it suddenly puts in perspective what it must be like to hit the other end of your life after you've raised your kids and yep. they're adults yep. and then have this kind of freedom and, yeah. and joy. Yeah, there's so much in it. I there is. It. And there's some great scenes. You know, there's um fabulous scene in season one where Jane Fonda gets really frustrated about being invisible and yes. she yes. absolutely cracks it. She's I not getting served. I just watched that episode. Yeah. Oh, and so it's funny. just so funny because you hear women of a certain age talk about that mm. invisibility mm. all the time yeah. and mm. to see it played out and then the the long and the short of it is that Lily Tomlinson's character who's just a cracker Frankie still shoplifts because yeah. she's like, yeah. well, we may as well use our invisibility to, yeah. for good. Classic. It's just that it's yeah. really witty. Yeah, so it is. do yourself a favour. Get into yeah. it. Yeah, Grace Yum. and Frankie, it's on Netflix. You've got a heap of um, episodes ahead of you if you haven't got on board. I'm so excited. I've got about five seasons. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh, it's divine. They're bite-sized, yeah. 30 minutes. Yeah, they're great. It's feel-good. And for those who watch The West Wing, isn't it wonderful to see Jed Bartlett <gasps> reappear? Oh, my God, I love He's so adorable. <laughs> no, he has like obsession with musical oh, theatre. He's gorgeous. And, yeah, he's so, lovely and yeah. I love him so much. So, yeah, yeah get on to it. And great homewares. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah, the house is gorgeous. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Okay, so question, Claire. Oh, well, it's really great that we did Grace and Frankie and then my question because it kind mm. of segues quite nicely. Mm. So I've been thinking a lot recently about ageing mm. and the process of ageing because I'm just very tired all the time. So mm. I'm a lot older Join than the I am. Love. <laughs> exactly. You're in the right house. Yeah. <laughs> um, and watching Grace and Frankie because obviously Grace in that show has had a lot of work. Like with Jane Fonda, mm. you would think. She's yeah, admitted that. Yeah. She's yeah. yeah. talked a lot she's about 80, it. She's 80. She's playing a 70-year-old. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. As is Lily Tomlin. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I'm not sure if Lily Tomlin has... Has she? I don't to tell. know. I don't know. But Jane Fonda's come out and said categorically yeah, she has. She definitely yeah. has. Um, so I wanted to ask you guys. you plastic surgery. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, what is your stance on like Botox oh, and plastic surgery? Good question. Like you get, as we get older. Yeah. Not that you guys need it at all. <laughs> I I'm feel yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. What are you saying? It's an intervention. Oh. Yeah, what are your um, For me at the moment I always, you know, I never rule anything out, but I wouldn't just because I, I'm a real scaredy cat and I am a catastrophizer. So if I went to put Botox in my face, I would worry that I would freeze forever <laughs> and that it would all leak into my body and I would die. So for me, no. And I also... So it's not a moral thing. It's, <laughs> it's a, a fear, fear thing. No, it's a fear <laughs> thing. No, no. I also, I kind of look at our mum and she is ageing Extremely well. She's stunning. She's getting younger. (laughs) 
It's weird. I, she might be getting a little bit of something, something on the side. Not in that way. Not in that way, Beth. <laughs> I didn't mean that. It's don't Sweet. worry, Dad. Do you reckon it's the sleep? She's getting more sleep. No, yeah. she's no, not it, sleeping. She's got she, a sore shoulder. No, it's oh. it's the sun cream, <laughs> which I believe she stayed out of the sun for pretty much her whole life, and she looks incredible. But you know, I think it's kind of nice to see laugh lines and frown lines and all of those things as you age to kind of show your full range of emotions. I think for me that that's a life well lived and uh, it's, it's, it sounds kind of trite but you earn those. But you do. It's a privilege mm. to grow old. Mm. Not everyone gets to do it. And I think um, for me um, each to their own if, if that's what you want to do. I do worry about younger younger women particularly getting it done at the moment at, you know, 2021. Yeah. I think you don't even know what your face looks like. My face has changed so much in the last decade. Um, but, you know, if you want a little something and later on and yeah. it makes you happy and, and it builds your self-esteem and it's safe, well, go for it. But for me, no, I don't think yeah. so. What um, do you think, Amy? Well, yeah, I mean, I'd never say never. Um, <laughs> I think if you've got a good person who does good work, then yeah go for. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've got no issue with it. I mean, I, I have issue with bad Botox and bad face stuff, but um, would I do it myself? I would never say never. At the moment, I don't feel like I want to. I am concerned, I mean, to go back to Married at First Sight, mm-hmm. I, I know nothing about the girls on Married at First Sight. I do think a lot of them have had some work done. A lot of lip fillers, it seems. Yeah. Yeah. And a little bit of other stuff, yeah. I think. And and they're young. And yeah, they're young. That really, I just think, is a bit sad. And mm. then I think, oh, the Kardashians have got mm, so much to answer mm. for. And I think, oh, I should stop watching them, but I really like them. <laughs> and that's why I got my Hey You subscription. <laughs> so, again, I'm morally torn because yeah. I love watching it, but I kind of feel grateful that we got through that generation mm, of not too. being oh, too precious. influenced by Absolutely. it. Um, and thinking that that was the norm that Kylie uh-huh. Kardashian, Kylie Jenner, sorry, yeah. that that face and, you know, those lips, that, that that's what that's, you yeah. have to have. So true because, like, I've noticed one of the reasons I brought it up is that mm. I've got a new phone recently mm. and the, the camera is incredible mm. but what I've noticed is it's actually got a filter on it. Yeah. yeah. Already, oh. automatically. Oh, my gosh. Without, really? I haven't put a setting on it. It just automatically filters. So I can have oh. zero makeup on and yeah. I take a photo with my camera Amazing. and I'm like, look at me. <gasps> and then I realised I was taking photos of my son yes. filtered. Yes. Oh. And then I saw it. That's not how he really looks. Yeah. And that's not how I really look. Yeah. And what messaging is that? I'm, I'm, you know, like a 33-year-old yeah. woman um, and I can kind of discern that for mm. myself mostly. But even then it's sort of a message yeah. that what you actually look like in reality is not good enough. Yeah. Oh, and that's really – That mm, actually – That's creepy, creepy, like crawly, that. yeah. Because I have had that thing and I have put a filter on a joint photo of me and my daughters. Um, but – it is weird filtering. a. I'm like, why am I filtering a baby? I'm filtering <laughs> yeah. myself but inadvertently also yeah. filtering the baby. But, you know, yeah, I yeah. I think that – and that's where we're getting into this distorted reality. Yeah, totally. And Yeah, and like James and I went – I've been having a lot of dental work and the, mm. the receptionist at our dental place, they all look – so mm. filled and mm. frozen mm. and yeah. perfectly white teeth yeah. and and each to their own and I'm sure and very beautiful in lots of ways but also it's not 
it's not we, their face. It's not real. And, yeah. and we, we both got a bit disconcerted because you feel like you're looking at an Instagram filter yeah. but mm. in real life. Yeah. And so I just wonder as teenage girls mm. growing up where it's going to lead. Mm. I don't know. Yeah. But then also I think. I mean, and it I makes always you feel thought, good. Yeah, exactly. And and you know, there's and we put the on makeup. Sides. Maybe exactly. you just don't have you put on less makeup. Yeah, we dye hair. Yeah, but where does it stop? I don't yeah. know. I think almost like with anything, you almost have to go too far to come back. Mm. And mm. I think um, there'll be a bit of a pushback in the same way that you know, there's a lot of pushback with tattoos. Some yeah. at the moment with um, having them removed, and you know, like anything, it's a it's a fashion mm. at the moment. And it's not permanent. Botox mm. isn't permanent. Mm. Um, there could be worse things that you could do. I mean, it's a it is a toxic material, so it's interesting whether that might have ramifications. And it, it hasn't been around in faces that long. That's mm. also my where my fear comes from. I'm like, well, we haven't seen this in. No, it's been used therapeutically. Yeah, but therapeutically. Not, but yeah, yeah. and lip fillers. Yeah, oh, I know. I just that's the thing with me. I think we don't know how these things break down eventually in your body yeah. and. That's also where my fear comes. Yeah. <laughs> okay, great. So, well, so we're both a no for us. If no you want to do it, go ahead. Well, right okay. now. I mean, talk to me in another couple of months if I still haven't slept and <laughs> I'll be getting all the things. Like all Botox the things. your eyes open. Yeah, yeah. I will be getting everything. There will be no judgment. <laughs> all right. So let's finish us off, ladies. Mantra L. With a highbrow mantra. I feel very oh. smug about this one, though. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. So I, I've been reading Brene Brown's book. Oh, have you? Braving the Wilderness. Oh, um, I need to borrow that from you. It's really good. Mm. It's great. And it's very academic. She's she's a wonderful writer. She's a great storyteller. But there are, I don't know if I'm, it's just because I'm sleep deprived, but there are a few sentences I've got to go back over and go, oh, what did she actually mean by that? But it, it is brilliant. And it's... um very uh, relevant to our world at the moment and also the Jonathan Haidt looking at diff- people with different perspectives and rather than just having an us and them, having a collective of, well, how can we all work together, which I always try to come from. So it's wonderful. But in that she quotes uh, Joseph Campbell who's um, I think another academic and she says this quote is generally attributed to him and it just really stood out for me because I thought it's such a lovely way of looking at life when you feel a bit lost and it is this. If you can see your path laid out in front of you step by step, you know it's not your path. Your own path you make with every step you take. That's why it's your path. Oh, and I thought that's good. How lovely. For anyone who's lost at the moment, if you saw the steps in front of you, that's not your path. So it's okay. Yeah, that You're is beautiful. You're making your path. Yeah. And I just thought that's a really nice kind of way of looking at uncertainty with a really positive yeah, way. Yeah, that is beautiful. Do you know, that really complements um, a mantra that I've always really loved, which I think was originally a Lunig poem. Mm. And it's um, let it go, let it out, let it all unravel, let it be let it free so it can be mm. a path on which to travel. Mm. And I always thought I could see that when in times of uncertainty, that mm. sort of unravelling, you've got to let it all yep. flow out mm. and then that will become the path. And it's kind of that's exactly mm. what you've commented yep. on. You're making your path as you go along. Yeah. So keep going. 
love that. Yeah. yeah. I love it too. Yeah. It's almost one of those things that if I was 15 I'd write it out and put it on my mirror. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. put it on my little note. pin board. Well, it gives yeah. people comfort because so often Please. we just want to see the certainty and yes. you yeah, you often can't. Yeah, yeah. I think most of the time you can't because yeah. it's not your path. Everyone's yeah. got a different path. Mm. I also, I love, um, and I think it's Renee Brown who says that that you can't if it's not your. You know how that sort of people say I've missed my boat. Yes, my yes. Boat no. Sailed. You know who it is? It's our other favourite. Oh, it's Glenn, oh, it's Glenn, Glenn and Doyle. Doyle. We can't it's have Glenn an episode and... without talking about Glenn and Doyle. <laughs> no. Oh Lord, it is the mother. <gasps> The mothership. The, the mothership. They're all friends too. Yeah, yeah, they are. They are. They are. wonderful. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, she says that, that it's not, wasn't your boat. Yeah, so you can't yeah. miss your you boat. You can't miss your boat. Yeah. yeah. It's coming. And I always think that in my head too. Yeah. I think, mm. yeah, I love that. Yeah. I'm write that down. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's a good, good one. I'll put, it, I'll put it on our Insta so that people can, you know, share it themselves because I think it's a good one to live by. Yeah. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks, Elle. This has been the Millennial Divide. I cannot believe it. We've got through with a baby, a dog, uh, set up in the lounge room, <laughs> ringing phones, you name it. We've had it today. And we thank you, Raw Collings, for oh, your excellent editing. Uh, we are sorry. Endless patience. You have so much patience. We're going to put you up for so many awards because you are <laughs> da bomb. So thank you for editing the shamozzle that has been the Millennial Divide. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being here, Tons. Oh. Claire. You're welcome. It's been a pleasure. Oh, it's Fabulous. Been a lovely breath of fresh air. Um, and we will be back. Our final episode, Ellen, Amy, and Dimity next week before Dim pegs off for a little Ooh. while. Sel will be joining us. Claire will be joining us over that time. But we will be back, the three sisters, for yes. one final little. Very excited. And it's going to be a goodie. It's going to be a goodie. Few little surprises. Tune in. So tune in Woo-hoo. next week. That's um, a bit of clickbait for yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> We've got a goodie. We've got a goodie coming. So if you've liked what you've heard, subscribe for free. It's all free in Apple iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And rate and review. We love seeing your comments and your ratings, so please keep those coming. Follow us on Insta and Facebook at The Millennial Divide. We, we do. Post we don't. Yeah, we don't just post, you know, photos of us. We love to also, we do do that so you can see our lovely faces. But we find things from everywhere that's funny and that's making us think and it's a great one to follow. So mm. follow us on the Instas. Yeah, we, we like to keep things fun and light and um, if it makes us give you, we'll share it. So that's been it. We will see you next week. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.